Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good? We back again on Put On Blast Radio, your number one West Coast hood radio station. I'm your host, Crazy Mo Blood, being up with my lovely co-host, the West Coast auntie, Miss Kimmy Simone, live in the building. It's all love, it's all respect, and much support to each and every last one of you. Stay tuned for the show. Tonight's calling number is 347-633-9265, 347-633-9265. For everybody online, that's www.blogtalkradio.com. That's www.blogtalkradio.com backslash put them on blast radio. P-U-T-E-M on blast radio. For all inquiries, please hit us up at put them on blast radio at gmail.com. Please send up to three tracks and a photo so we can add you to the calendar and let us know what date would you like your interview. And it's all good and it's all love. You can find us on Facebook at Crazy Mo Blood Bino or co-host Kimmy Simone or co-host Kimmy Simone Fans on Facebook, and it's all good and it's all love. You can hit us up on Twitter at Put On Blast Radio. That's P-U-T-O-N Blast Radio. Or co-host Kimmy on Twitter, and it's all good and it's all love. Shout out to the Put Them On Blast Radio street team. Shout out to all the fans, all the supporters, all the sponsors, everybody out there doing their thing, holding it down, everybody who got love for Put Them On Blast Radio. It's all good. Shout out to the West Coast Hip Hop Awards. Shout out Octavius Miller. Anybody interested in going to the West Coast Hip Hop Awards, please get your tickets at ticketswest.com. Ticketswest.com. Get your tickets to the 2014 West Coast Hip Hop Awards, August 16 and 17. 16th is a barbecue at a secret location, Venice Beach. 17th is an award show. So please come on out and support or call. Or get at Octavius Miller at Yahoo.com. That's Octavius Miller at Yahoo.com for the 2014 West Coast Hip Hop Awards. And it's all love. Shout out to the real Freeway Rick Ross, the whole Freeway Rick Ross music group, everybody out there, Big Swab, everybody out there holding it down. Shout out to them and their movement. Everybody, um, please tune in June 4th, which is next Wednesday. We have the real Freeway Rick Ross on our show for the second time. And this time he's on for his book interview. Just like tonight, we have Desire Me Brown interview tonight. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Big Sivo, Big Ike, T-Nutty, everybody out there doing their thing. Anybody want tickets to see the real mob father, Sivo, and T-Nutty live in Monterey, please get at us. Please get at us. You see the flyer online. Get at us. Our number's on there. Get at us at our email, $100 slots to open up with 20 tickets, plus $50 for the VIP, $25 for the general tickets, $20 for the pre-sale tickets, $30 at the door. It is what it is, but get at us. And also, a week later, um, I do believe the 24th of July, you will also see Put Em On Blast Radio and Big Sebo and everybody down in Stockton at the Tropicana. So please... Support that show also and the one in Reno. So it's all good. We got more to be announced. But right now we're going to keep it moving. We're going to get into our live interview live with Desire Me Brown. She's a local um, book author. She's, um, well, I'm 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 going to let her explain herself who she is and everything about the book. Right now you're live on Put Em On Blast Radio, your number one West Coast Hill radio station. Say what's good. Hello. Hi, this is Desire. 
Hello, this is Desiree Brown. How are you doing this evening? Doing all right, doing all right. Uh, I just want to ask you, while we got you um, on the line, you know, can you tell everybody a little about who is Desire Me Brown, who you are? Well, um, well, I'm Desire Me Brown, and what I've done is I'm, I'm a writer. I like to write books about erotic fantasy, about the adult lifestyle, and pretty much just writing books to express to the world that women should embrace their sexuality, and I just decided to put it in words. That's what's up. That's what's up. And um, how long have you been writing? I've been writing since I was a kid. But the older I got, I went from writing poetry and things like that and music, just writing lyrics and things I enjoyed. The older I got, the more experienced I got. I started writing things that were more romantic and found that I really had a knack for writing things that were a little bit more exotic. So I'd say I really started writing these type of books over the last two to three years. That's what's up. That's what's up. And who inspired you to even start writing from the get-go, to start writing books? You know, the first book I had ever started to write, I started writing about 10 years ago. And that book was called Lessons of the Heart. And at that time, I wanted to write books, write a book about growing up, being a, a young black woman, growing up, and the things that I learned, and hopefully other people would learn from it. And that's a book that I've been working on periodically for about 10 years. And the more experiences I've had in life, I pick it back up and I write it. I know this is a book that's probably going to be finished. It's going to take a long time. It might, I might be in my 50s or 60s by the time I finish because every time I have a different experience in life, I sit down and write a little bit more into that. So that was the first thing. So it was just growing up in my experiences. And my grandmother always told me that anything I wanted to do, just be the best at it. So I guess she would be my inspiration to write. That's what's up. That's what's up. And can you give out your information to everybody? Where to, <coughs> excuse me, for everybody who want to connect with Desire Me Brown. <coughs> excuse me. Well, my um, my if they want to send me an email, my email is dmbrownbooks at gmail dot com. If they want to send me an email directly, I definitely will reply. I can also be reached at Desire Me Brown. It's Desire. M.I. Brown on Facebook. They can reach me on Twitter at Desire Me Brown as well as Instagram. I also have a website, DesireMeBrown.com, and I'm also featured on Amazon, Author Central, under Desire Me Brown. That's what's up. That's what's up. And at this time, is there any shout-outs that you want to give out at this time? You know, there's one shout-out I'd really like to give out, and that's to my children. And because I've actually sat down with my children and discussed with them, depending on their age group, they're all adults, what I write, why I write it, and my children told me that they support me 100% and they're like, go mom. So I just want to tell them thanks. I just want to thank my kids for being supportive and encouraging me to write whatever my heart told me to write. And I really appreciate and love them for that. Uh, And I want to thank you all for having me on your show. Oh, it's all good. You're welcome. It's all good. It's all love all the way around all four corners. And uh, I want to ask you at this time, is there a positive message that you can give to all the young upcoming artists and entrepreneurs coming out of the industry? You know, I think that the, the one thing that I tell anyone that's trying to do this is don't give up. You know, the day that I sat down and decided that I was going to write this book, I had no idea where it was going to go. 
I knew what was in my head. I knew the things that I wanted to write about, and I didn't give up. Even whenever I dealt with other things around me that was affecting my writing, that was the place I could go to that was mine. And as long as they remember that anything that you create in your mind and you put on paper, that's yours. That's your baby. Don't give up on it, whether it's your music, whether it's dancing, no matter what it is you want to do, follow your dream. And just don't give up. That's what's up. I agree. That's what's up. And uh, once you make it to your peak, how will you give back to the community? You know, I've had a lot of things that I've thought about doing. And, you know, I hope and I pray that I will make it as far as my ability and God willing that I can make it. One thing that I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to buy some property, build uh, not really an apartment complex, but I want to bring in young men and young women that may just be out on their own, may not have the guidance in their lives, may not have a mother figure. You know, when I was young, I was taught how to balance a checkbook. I was taught how to cook. I was taught how to care for my family. A lot of young people don't have that in their life for whatever reason it may be, and I'd like to be able to provide a place for them to stay so they can stay in school. Just because you have a child when you're in high school doesn't mean your life is over with. I want to give them something positive to where they have someone in their life that teaches them the tools that they need to be able to survive in this world and to support their family. So whatever I'm able to make, that's what I want to do. I want to build that so I can bring in young men and young women and teach them how to parent the children they bring into the world and how to get those skills that for some reason we're not giving our children now. So a lot of my motivation behind this is to not just provide for my children, but to also be able to give something to the young men and women in this world that don't have someone that's there to do that. So that's what I really, truly in my heart would like to be able to do. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, we, we, we pray that, that your accomplishments be accomplished. And and, uh, and do you find it easy to write books from the beginning when you first started to the time that you wrote um, The Chocolate Box and, you know, uh, Taste of Seduction? So the first book I wrote was The First Taste of Seduction, and that was the first time I really sat down. You know, I had started writing Lessons of the Heart, but it was more or less me dealing with different situations, and one of the ways I was able to deal with different trials in my life was by sitting down and write about writing those out. It was a way for me to process it and to deal with it and the things inside me that I didn't like or was hurting, whatever it may be. Once I put it on paper, it was like I took a piece of it from me and put it on paper. Some of them I just took and threw in the trash. So that was completely different than writing the first case of seduction. I can say by reading the first book to the second book, being able to express my thoughts grew. It wasn't easy to write the first book. I knew what I wanted in my head to go on paper. I just had to make sure the flow went well and that other people would understand. So I, I can just by reading it myself, I could tell how much I grew from the first book to the second book. So it wasn't easy, said. but once I got into it, it just started to flow. Uh-huh. And um, I want to ask you, uh, you know, pertaining to the book, how, how does Mia feel about you now? since you then told her uh, your your story about your book, how does she feel about you now? Mia, in the book Mia, she is very supportive. You know, and what I did is I took the characters in the book, I really did base them on people that I know, different parts of them. Like Mia, 
is a friend of mine that I've had for about 10 years. And when I first told her that I was going to write this, she just sat and laughed at me for about 10 minutes. She told me I was crazy. And as I've gone through it, she was the first person I let read it, and she loved it. And she said, you know, this is actually how you talk to me. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted to be able to write a book where it was like two friends sitting down, and I had something that I had been wanting to tell you for a long time, and I was able to just let it out. And she supports me 100%. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Shout out to Mia. You're a very good friend, Mia. That's right. And I want to ask you, do you... I want to ask you, do you still keep up with any of the people from your book, like any of the characters that you mentioned in your book? You know, some of the people in the book, evidently it's a book, so not everyone in there is a a real person. They may have been somebody I met at one time or a conversation I had with someone and I just remembered and I wrote it down. You know, I've always written things down. If you came in my room, I have tablets where I, I might sit and talk to somebody and I jot down things, not not because I want to take from them what they share with me so I don't forget and because it was important. So a lot of the people in here that I met, I actually have kept in touch with them. And every anyone that knows who they are in, in this book or who that particular character or something that they said to me or shared with me at one point, I've already – I actually sat down with them and told them what I was doing. A lot of the scenarios in the book – weren't necessarily mine, but other people that shared those adventures with me, and I put it all together and made it one adventure from Crystal and all the things she went through. It's kind of like a combination of several people and several events that I put together. So the mm-hmm. ones that are, are important and real, yes, I keep in touch with them. That's what's up. That's cool. And uh, how did you come up with the titles that you have to your books, and what made you choose those actual names to name your books as far as Taste of Seduction and the Chocolate Box? With the first Taste of Seduction, the name of the book pretty much tells you what it is. This is a woman who pretty much gave her heart to not just one man. Evidently, she's old. She's, you know, she's mature. She's not a teenager. She's lived life. And she kind of gave everything she had in the relationships, but she never took the time to really look at her needs, she was too busy giving. So the first time that she actually decided to focus on herself, that's how she ended up getting into the the scenarios and starting to go through that journey. And that's why I called it the first taste of seduction because that's truly what it was. That was the first time she had ever experienced anything like that. It was the first time she let her own boundaries down. It was the first time she indulged in things that brought her pleasure. And that's why I called it the first taste of seduction. Mm-hmm. And knowing what you've been through, would you ever do it again? You know, I will tell you this. I have lived a lot, a long time. And when I say a long time, I'm not talking about in years, just life. When I look back on my life, there's nothing that I would say that I have shame in. There's things that we all do in our life that we may not be proud of, but if I didn't make the choices in my life that I did, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, it wouldn't have never formed me to be the woman that I am today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, when I look back, there's a few things in my life that I would probably do two or three times, and there's a few things that I know now that I should not do. So it was just a matter for me to grow and really form my own boundaries based on what I wanted, not what someone else told me I could or couldn't have. 
Mm-hmm. And inside the book, dealing with the people that you um, described inside the book, who did you like most um, out of everybody? Out of Ronnie, Keith, James, Ray, Smooth, and Bear, who, who, which one of those men did you really take to out of all of them? Out of all the the characters, so I would say Ronnie. You know, he was based on someone I dated about 10, 15 years ago. Actually, he was based on, his personality was based on three different people I knew. And two of the people, it wasn't someone I dated, it was somebody that I watched my friend deal with and the way he kind of toyed with her heart. And I kind of blended it in to make him one person. Then James, James and Keith, they were more or less filler fillers to really kind of express how easily you can slide into situations. Keith, I really like Keith because Keith, uh-huh. Keith was very, he was actually the smooth one out of the story because he was, he was, he knew how to encourage and manipulate, but not push to the point where you're, you're afraid. It was almost like he was that, you know, you, some people, the cartoons say you got the angel on one side, the devil on the other shoulder. He was somewhere yeah. in between. So he was always encouraging you to take it one step further, but he never would push. I did like um, him in the book. Books, I think Bear was the most interesting one. Okay. Bear was the most Bear was one. Uh-huh. And uh, do you still speak to uh, Aloni or Noel? Alani or Noel? Or Alani or Noel, yeah. Yeah, Noel, I, ha- I met. Noel once, and uh, no, I haven't ever spoken to her since uh, that particular time I met her. Uh, Alani is someone that I know, and from the day I met her, we became great friends, and, you know, I value my friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, some That's of my friends are, are my family. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself being a swinger or just a normal individual? I'm a normal individual with an open mind. I accept everybody, you know, and my thoughts are is whatever you choose to do in life, as long as you do it in a way to where you are in control, to where you respect yourself, to where you're safe and you know exactly what you're doing, I'm okay with that. As long as it's consisting adults, both people are involved with it, and you sit down and have a conversation, whatever you choose to do, those are your choices. I do believe that my mind is a lot open now, more open now than it was 10 years ago, and I'm a lot more accepting now. And that gave me the ability to not only have some of the, some experience of my own, but also to accept the experience other people in my life were having. Mm-hmm. I understand. And what's the best part of your book that you like? You know, I think, uh, which book? Let me ask you which one. The first taste of production um, or welcome to the chocolate box? Um, out of both books, you know, out of both books, what's the best part of the book that you like? Out of both of them, what's the really most interesting part? Out, yeah, out of everything that you wrote, out of taste of seduction and chocolate box, to you, in your opinion, what's the best part of the book? In the first taste of seduction. I think the most important moment in that book is when Crystal walks into that party because as women, there's a lot of, in our society, women, we're judged by our body, we're judged by our hair, we're judged 
everything about us, someone is judging us, and it causes a lot of women to not feel good about their bodies, not feel good about the way they look. So when Crystal actually walked into that party, she was feeling a little nervous, and when she walked in there and she saw that there were women that looked just like her in every way, shape, and form, she felt accepted and she felt good about herself. For me, that was a very important message, just telling women, you know, it doesn't matter what you, what size you are. It doesn't matter. Any of those things are not important. Don't let the world tell you that you're not good enough because you're not a size three. Somebody in this world is going to love you, want you, and find you pleasurable because you are you, not necessarily by the way you look. So in the first taste of seduction, I think that was the most important thing, the moment that she just accepted herself for who she was and embraced who she was and enjoyed herself. That was the most important thing in that book. And Welcome to the Chocolate Box, Mm -hmm. I think in that particular book for Crystal, it was when she walked into the club and she got to Mm -hmm. see everything with her own eyes and she realized Mm -hmm. that in that scenario too, no one was judging. Everyone was there just to enjoy themselves. No one was looking at their weight, their size. There was no judging and no pretense, and that's really what that was about. I think that was the most important part in there. And inside that book, when you was in that club, what turned you on about watching the people, you know, interacting with each other, having the interaction with all the men and the women. When you were standing there by the door and you looked in and you was looking at the people in the hot tub doing what they was doing, what turned you on about it? Because I know in the book you said you was watching it and you were seeing what was going on, and then it's like in your head, it's just like for some reason it just started turning you on. You know, I always think it's funny because you always say it, I was, but we'll go with that. So in the book, standing in the hallway and seeing it, I wanted people to be able to actually see through the eyes of the person writing. So I wanted you to be able to see through my eyes what I saw when I walked. This is a, a real place that I actually went to, and I wrote the story based on that place. And to walk in there, it was a lot of things went through my mind. First, it was I couldn't believe I was actually there. And then seeing it, you know, what kind of got me was the fact that they were so free and they were, it was okay. And it was just saying that, you know, it's okay to have desires. It's okay to have wants and needs. And it's okay to be in a controlled environment to do whatever you choose to do. And just to see that there was other people in the world that thought that way, it was okay to feel and think and have those desires. I think that's kind of what it was, that there was other people that thought that way and saw that way. That's what's up. And did it really make you feel uh, better when you said that you felt like you was, um, like the parties you went to, you said you felt like it was for pretty girls, you thought that it was going to be a certain kind of way until you got there and it was a BBW party? You know, how did that really make you feel? when you finally found that out, like the film? The first time I ever heard that term, I had absolutely no clue what it meant. Mm-hmm. Honestly to God, I had absolutely no clue what it meant, and I had to ask, and it made sense. You know, it really did make sense, and I was thinking, okay. And, you know, as a, as a black woman, it's hard. You know, you kind of you go out and you date and you go to the club and you do all these different things, 
And sometimes, you know, it's almost like the men will walk past you and go for the thinnest, most flesh-exposed person in the bar, and that's just a shell. And they just walk past somebody that actually had a personality and had character because they're only looking at the surface. And to walk into an environment where you're accepted no matter what shape, size, color, no matter what, people are looking at you for your personality and getting to know you and trying to match desires to what you have or just be your friend, that was amazing. It really mm-hmm. was. It, you know, when you really think about it, this is not even about sex. Mm. There's sex yeah. in the book. There's all type of levels. It's not even about sex when you really think about it. Mm. No, I understand clearly. I, I read the drafts of it. You know, I just can't wait to the rest of the world gets it in their hands so they can really read it and, you know, feel it because some people judge a book by its cover and they just, oh, I know what it's about. I, I, I don't even have to read it. No, some, well, I think everybody should just go and just read that book, both of them, and really see and feel and put themselves in that position of somebody who's been through it and maybe other people in the world who's been through it also. So, you know, they don't be so judgmental. So when they come across you, they'll understand your life story. They'll understand what you're talking about, you know. But um, at this time, will you do you think um, you would write other types of books or make a movie on these certain books that you have right now, like Taste of Seduction and Chocolate Box? You know, my my ultimate goal, there's two things I would like to do, and, and, I'm, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that it will take place. Uh, when I finish the fourth book, you know, one thing that I've been working on is I, I kind of take mental breaks from the book. I've actually been writing a pilot that I'd like to submit to either HBO or Showtime because I know that I and the group of people that I know are not the only people that have had these experiences. And you've got to keep in mind that these experiences can go from one extreme to another. I can't tell you what your desires are, only you know that. I can't tell you what your boundaries are, only you can define those. But whenever you can sit and say, okay, you know what, thought about that, I've desired it, this is something I've considered, and to have other people actually be able to live and express it and say, you know, it was okay or it wasn't for me, it's okay to do that. And I'd like to be able to either write a pilot and have maybe a series based on this or actually a movie. And that's something that I've been kind of dabbling in and really I like to educate myself. I love to read. I, my t- I don't even have a TV in my room. I actually moved it into another room because I prefer my books. But I'd really like to do a pilot or either do a screenplay based on the books because there is a need for women, I keep saying women, but there's also for men too, for them to be able to say, it's okay for you to embrace your sexuality. It's okay as long as you have control and you're safe and you're respectful of your body and yourself. It's okay to find out what you like and what you don't like. And I think people would actually watch a TV show doing that or even watch a movie. I really do believe that they will. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's ultimate goal. That's what's up. And I, I hope do you plan make on it. writing other books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope you I make it, and I wish you books. much success. Yeah, I wish you, I, we wish you much success on your journey to the top, and I hope you do make more books and keep them going and get it out to the world, and we're going to help support, and I hope everybody out in the world buys your books and really, like I said, just get into it and put yourself in that predicament of, 
all the artists and all the actors or whatever that's inside that book and see how, how where it takes you, see how you feel about it. You know, it's all good. But I have a few more questions for you pertaining to this book. I want to, um, yeah, I want to um, ask you, uh, when you found out about Ronnie, when you found out about Ronnie, how did that make you feel? Like when you found out about his lifestyle that he was living, how did that really you know, make you feel? In, in, you know what it was in the book? It was more or less, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, that you've been in relationships, more than one, right? What did you say? Or have you? Have you been in more than Wait, one relationship? Have you dated more than one yes. person over your life? Okay. Yes. Have you ever been have you ever been involved with someone that you believed was to be one person and come to find out that they were completely the opposite? And they no. it's almost like they hid a part of themselves from you, but what they didn't know is if they would have shared that part of themselves with you, there was no need to hide because there was a part of me that would have embraced it but he actually lost that opportunity to do that. That was kind of the yeah. feeling, that if he would have just opened up and was truthful, it was something that those two people could have shared together, but he yeah. he lost that opportunity to have those experiences with her. So it left her to do them on her own, which is probably the best thing that ever happened to Crystal because it wasn't uh, what Ronnie wanted, it was what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And knowing what you know about Ronnie, how are you growing from uh, your experience from that, from dealing with Ronnie? Um, he's not even a thought. I mean, you got to remember, Ronnie is two people I dated and somebody a friend of mine dated. One of them, I haven't thought about him since 2002, other than putting part of his personality and his manipulation in this character. Uh, but other than that, not even a thought, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, even a thought. It is what it and, is. and the thing is, is there were... Yes. Yeah, it is what it is. Do you feel in the beginning Ronnie was making excuses about always being gone, like when he was talking about he was gone to the military? Do you feel like he was really at the military or just out, you know, doing what he was doing, all that stuff you found out about him? Actually, this particular person wasn't in the military. He was actually working for an architectural firm. And to come to find out, it's not that he was, even going anywhere. A lot of times he was just lying. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he was just a liar. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. He was, he wanted to keep Crystal to her, to himself, but he pretty much kind of kept her on a pedestal and treated her like she was made out of glass and always kind of mm-hmm. didn't share everything with her. I don't know why, but then he had a whole other life that he lived and, you know, it was at some point, no matter who you are and what you're doing, when you tell lies and manipulate at some point in time, the truth will come out. It will. Whether you you finally tell the truth yourself or it's revealed because of you made, you made a mistake or you told one too many lies. So I think that with Ronnie, it was more or less him trying to have his cake, his ice cream, his pudding, and, and some pie, too. And he just got caught up. And, you know, what a lot of men forget is, is women are like the FBI, the CIA, and all the all the above if they feel the need mm-hmm. to be. If we don't feel the need to be, we don't even consider that. But once you make us feel that way, I'm serious. A woman will be like an FBI agent if her heart's involved. And most men no. don't get it. Mm. But, you know, yeah. I can tell you this. 
I know a lot of people, some women are just as are just as tough at the manipulating as men, so I gotta put the credit where it's due on both sides. Just put it on glass. Yeah. It's all good. Out there you know, it works both ways. It really does. It really does. That's what that's what's up. And right now we gotta get ready to end the show, but I want all the fans and everybody out there, please support Desire Me Brown and please go out and buy her books and be on the lookout for her upcoming books when she finishes them. You know, it's all good. It's all love. We salute you, Desire Me Brown, for coming on Put Them On Blast Radio and blessing us with this interview and telling us your story about your books and your life and the experiences you've been through. We very appreciate that. Come back anytime. It's all good. It's all love. Absolutely. And, um, uh, like I say, every show, I like to tell everybody, be safe, stop the violence. We all need to come together as one. We all need to unite, and we all need to support each other. And we all need to support our local artists, support our local homeless, take care of the kids, and take care of the elderly people. Support your local artists, your homeless, take care of the kids, and take care of the elderly no matter where you are on this planet. And shout out to all our fans over in China, over in Japan, over in Nigeria, the U.K., Lenny, I see you out there in the U.K., everybody over in Africa. We see you guys all around the world. It's all good. It's all love from Put Them On Blast Radio. And we're going to end this show with Steve Cole, Intimacy, with a little bit of smooth jazz. And you guys heard it first right here on Put Em On Blast Radio, your number one West Coast radio station. And we out. <laughs>